0: Today's episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Arena Australia. Arena are the very best swimming brand in the business. Whether you're after the best race suits, racing training goggles, training aids, or even team gear for your clubs, Arena Australia are the way to go. If you don't believe me, just look up on the blocks at the finals of most events at either nationals or international events and you'll see the arena logo front and centre on the fastest swimmers race suits. They just are the best. Head over to arenaswimming.com.au right now for all the latest sales and discounts and let them know that Off The Block Swimming Podcast sent you. Take your away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s a in the second inning. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert and Ian Thorpe battling about down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Oh, he's throwing him away now. Thorpe's more than a meter on. But the signature of all eyes is the great venom butterfly. Susie O'Neill, this is coming back. Oh, surely can't do it to him again. Jebbington, the white hats. Lofton, the black hats, and the match is finished. I cannot believe he's done that. Horton, Horton, Horton Hall, Horton goes in. Australia win. Joining me today on the show is an absolute superstar of our sport. She was a part of the amazing Australian Dolphins team that smashed it in Fukuoka a month ago, coming away with five medals in total, three of which were gold in her individual events. Ladies and gentlemen, it's an honor to welcome to Off the Block Swimming Podcast. The one, no, not one, not two, not three. Uh, no, it is three. My bad. <laughs> three time backstroke world champion and female swimmer of the meet, Kaylee McEwen. Kaylee, how are you, mate?
1: i'm great how are you
0: mate, you got too many medals there and made me stuff up the intro so you know you're just getting too successful no um <laughs> i'm good mate i'm good um when you hear those because I, I know you're a very sort of humble down-to-earth girl so when you hear those um accolades and i know you did it so you were there but does it always sort of make you go she, yeah I, I did do that because i i wouldn't imagine you're someone who gets around going yeah i did it yeah i did it it would kind of be you know once you've finished you move forward
1: Yeah, I think that's the most important thing about being at a top level is like you can't really dwell on what you have done. You kind of just got to accept it as that was something cool that I've really done. Now how can I do it again but do it better? Um, So, yeah, exactly what you said. I've kind of just already thought about it, had my time off and, you know, dove straight back into the next thing.
0: Well, mate, you definitely killed it, that's for sure. Um, How have you been? And, you know, we'll get to – in a minute just what you've been up to your break but like for today what have you been up to today what have you been doing
1: um so Bowley wants us back in the water this week um you know just a steady 3k five times so it's it's very cruisy um but so far this morning i've just done my little 3k swim bit of gym it's just nice to be around the group again um and especially when it's not so serious
0: yeah do you find you are you someone that misses that routine a little bit too like Do you look at it not so much as, oh, I've got to get back to training. It's more you've got to get back to routine. Obviously, no doubt when the volume's getting high and you're getting smashed, you're probably looking for a bit of a break. But in terms of just your 3K and a bit of gym, do you look at that as, oh, I actually enjoy being back around the team and getting my routines again?
1: A hundred percent. And especially when it is really lighthearted stuff, it's like we're not taking it super seriously. You can change a few things, like trial a few things. And I just think like, for me as a person, I love being around different energies and I don't know, I just think I could never train by myself. So the chance that I get to be back with a bigger group, it's better for me.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, as is the case, when you become a swimming superstar, mate, you're in high demand interviews, (laughs) media since Fukuoka, obviously, Um, you know, people have wanted to chat with you. It's part of the reason I wanted to get you back on, mate. I do love chatting with you anyway. You've been a a bit of a regular and off the blocks. but And I'm fortunate that even though, um, you know, your superstardom has continued to rise, you're still quite happy to say, yeah, Robbie, I'll have a chat with you, which I'm I'm very um, (laughs) thankful for. But did you get much time to have a break, to relax, to do anything sort of away from swimming?
1: Look, I think, no, my answer is no, I didn't get as much as a break as I would have liked. Um, and I think it was because I was quite sick off the back of World Champs. I had two days at the Speedo photo shoot and then flew home. And I just, my body was just ready to have a break. Like I, a um, bit of like a sinus infection. <laughs> so it, it wasn't nice. Um, and yeah, it's kind of like last week and this week, I've had a chance to really take time, settle a little bit, enjoy things, you know, take my dogs to the beach and, all that kind of stuff. And um, it is really important to kind of keep the shoulders moving because that's when you start to kind of slip away at those injuries again. And for me in the past with my shoulders, I haven't had a great history. So I, I do need to keep pressure on that. And I understand that. So it's been nice. Um, but, yeah, it, it's still I'm taking my time to get back into it because it's as long as it's, you know, until the Olympic Games, it is a short turnaround, yeah. but it's also a very long turnaround.
0: Yeah well, we'll, yeah, we'll get to that a little bit later yeah. in terms of it. What, what that road looks like for you because it's going to look differently for, for everyone the next um, 11 months. Um, there's no great time to get sick, but I, I guess you got sick at a better time if it's a <laughs> week after swimming. Like, that's pretty lucky, right? Does that happen to you often? Have you ever gotten sick at oh. the back end of a meet? Like, does it ever go the wrong way for you? As it again, not that anyone wants to get sick, but if you're going to, yeah. you might as well get it at the end of it
1: hundred percent. And I think it happened like last year. It happened after Worlds. I got COVID. I could kind of start feeling after my turn of backstroke semifinal, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't good." And then I tested. Um, I was negative through the competition, but literally a day and a half after, I, I was positive. I was like, "Oh, here we go." So I think it, it really just is like your body has trained for so long at such a high standard. You've competed for you know this this meet was eight days, and it's not just eight days assuming it's mental tiredness as well. And I think the time you get to the end of it, your body is just like, okay, put me to bed for 12 hours every single day. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, I don't blame you. I do not blame you. Now, in, in, in a bit of your downtime, um, something else that's been going on around us is, is the Women's Soccer World Cup. Have you been able to watch a bit of that? And are you excited? Are you going to get to watch the game tonight? Obviously, uh, the Aussies play England.
1: Yeah, of course, I'll get around the girls. I think it's absolutely outstanding what they do i haven't had a chance to watch their other games i've actually been camping i had no reception for a few days so no i'm excited i think they're going to do really well
0: and absolutely well they're doing really well and by all accounts they're smashing in terms of ratings and all that sort of stuff so it's it's phenomenal to see um that level of success because i i always come back to something i don't know if you know ronda rousey the ufc fighter and Anyway, she she once mentioned something about, because um, someone said, you know, about equal pay for women and all this sort of stuff. And yeah. she said, well, look, I'm the highest paid because people want to see me and people come and I, I, I create that, like people come to see me. And I think at this point in time, there's no doubt that we need to be looking at making sure these girls are well paid because they're absolutely smashing it. It's not just a, a movement in terms of let's get around them. It's they're doing it, if that makes sense. You know, oh, they're, yeah. they're proving their worth. They're showing that people want to get around. As I said, I, I don't have the stats on me, but they're smashing ratings. So yeah,
1: and it's impressive as well. Like some of my friends who aren't into sport at all, one of them has picked up, and she knows every single person in that team. And I was just like, since when were you interested in sports? <laughs> so I think like they've really, I don't know how they've done it. Like yeah. obviously they've they're good at what they do, but yeah, you know they've just grabbed the media's attention. I think it's great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, look out. Sorry,
1: my mum just tried to
0: call me. Oh, mum. Come on, mum. I don't know
1: how to get back
0: on the screen. No, you're good. You're good. I can still see you. Um, No, you're absolutely right. It's phenomenal what they're doing. Um, I can't wait to watch the game tonight. And it's going to be close, um, but we're going to see how we go. Someone's trying to get. Is that you trying to get into my. I don't
1: know. I'm just trying (laughs) to make my screen bigger. There we go.
0: Oh, someone's trying. Anyway, we can jump out of there. Um it begs the question for me though, Kaylee. If you weren't swimming, would you would you play another sport? Did you play other sports oh. growing up? Would is there something else? If do you have a hidden talent that we've just never seen? I
1: don't have a hidden talent at all. <laughs> um I do really enjoy basketball. I played that when I was younger and played it a little bit at school um look I was not great at it. it I think it's just it's so different because it's a team sport and swimming is like so individual so like it was hard for me to be like oh what do you mean I have to pass the ball um, <laughs> but no like I was a lot younger and I think yeah. after swimming I would love to go back to like a team sport so it's not so dependent on just me and what I have to do especially when it's you know lighthearted
0: yeah well it seems like you already kind of enjoy that right and getting around the team with your training sessions yeah. and that sort of stuff so you've kind of got that enjoyment of being around a team um and yeah i mean i wouldn't recommend getting around something now just in case you might injure yourself on a wednesday night to play yeah. mixed mix netball or something but um it is always fun um i know heaps of people that play you know touch football tag, and lots of different things and
1: oh yeah uh, i can't good.
0: wait yeah no you'll enjoy yourself for sure now uh, let's get to your amazing uh, world champs in Fukuoka. And I, I wanted to start with asking you how you felt going into the meet. You know, we hear a lot of different yes. athletes with you know some coming in in form, some coming in sick, some coming in injured. I mean, I, I haven't spoken to you for a while. I know I sent you a good luck message, but that's about all we—that's about all we actually chat. Um, yes. So you know, give me a sense of how you were feeling going into Fukuoka. Did you feel like you were ready and you were on, or was it kind of a uh, let's see how this goes.
1: Um, look, I think after trials, I was like, oh, I'm actually in a really good position. Like I didn't rest into that meet um, and I haven't rested for any of the other meats throughout the year. Like we had like, you know, two, three days where it might be instead of doing 6K, we're doing five and a half, like, you know, yeah. just little things like that and um had a little bit of a drop taper leading into trials had a really good 100. I wasn't ex- expecting to go 57.5. Um, and then literally the week after in training was like one of the best weeks of training I've ever had. I don't know what happened, but like, you know, we're doing 150 where it was fly back breast and my pacing was on time for like a 206 or just under a 206, sorry. So I was like, wow. And like pushing two fours, like that kind of thing. I was just like, this isn't like... Anyways, so I was getting really excited and then as soon as we landed in Japan, I remember the first session that we did um, in our staging camp. I don't know what it was, but sometimes I just get, like, really claustrophobic and, like, the pool just felt so long. I was like, this isn't 50 metres. Of course it was, but, like, I was like, no. Nah. I was like, this feels like 150. Anyway, so I just got out, walked around the pool and, I don't know, the kind of weakened a bit my sessions were – up and down. Like my times were still great, but how I felt in the water wasn't great. So I was Mm. actually pretty worried leading into world championships. I was like, Oh, I don't know how I'm going to go. And Bolly's so big. And he's like, it doesn't matter how you feel. He's like, you've done this much training. If you don't feel good on one day, that's not going to take away all the training that you've done. And that's something that I've really had to learn. I'm still learning. It's like, you don't have to feel good to swim. Good. Mm. Um, but no, and, and like um, for the medley as well. Like I had a bit of issues with my groin doing breaststroke and stuff. So I had you know two quarter zones before flying over and missed two Saturday mornings. Um, but I guess that's just what you have to do as an athlete. Like you just got to do what you can to manage yourself. And now it's the time where I'm rehabbing it, trying to get it strong and yeah, get it ready to go again.
0: Yeah. No. Well, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that in terms of the feel because we we hear a yeah. lot of that from the younger swimmers. Um, certainly my athletes that I'm coaching, I hear a lot, you know, they're hitting their pace. So I'm saying, yeah, well done. The rates are all good. And they're like, oh, they get out and they've got a face, you know, so what's wrong? What's happening? Just don't feel good. So, well, you just did a really good job. Like, don't stress about it. Oh, don't feel good. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. I don't feel good. So, Um, I'm glad, you know, you sort of spoke to that because we do have a lot of swimmers that listen to the podcast. So it's good to hear from you guys in terms of the elite athletes that, you know, you don't always feel good, but you're still able to get up and. Uh, and perform. Um, last we spoke, you you were changing programs or had just changed programs. And so I'm interested uh, for you as an athlete, how, how have you gone with the coaching? I mean, you've been with Bowley for a fair while now. So, yeah. it, it, you know, not so specific, but it's more when you, you had just changed. And obviously, Chris Mooney did a great job. Bowley's a great coach as well. Clearly, both Phenomenal coaches and clearly bowling's work is working with you because you're swimming, you're swimming as fast as you ever have. But for you, you know, in terms of um, tapering, was there anything that was, um, you know, approaches were different where you had to kind of sit back and go, okay, I've got to really trust him here because this, this is a little bit different to what I'm used to or did you, you know, in terms of you feel like you mentioned or maybe yeah. normally the volume stays a bit higher but now all of a sudden your volume's drop right down in your taper and you're like, well, hang on a second, hey, hey what's, yes. what's, what's happening here? Or um, are you more mature now and old enough where you're like, no, it's okay, I feel good and I trust Bowley, and we're, we're all good?
1: <laughs> I definitely, I'm still trug- struggling with like the whole trusting process. It's not that I don't trust Bowley; It's more yeah. just my own worries and concerns, but Rooney did a great job with me and I don't think I'd be in the place where I am now if it wasn't for the work that he had me doing when I was a lot younger. And I learned a lot of things um, being under his program. And now being with Bowley, like it's just a whole different, this like it's just a different realm for me. Like, yeah. Someone who's been doing it for 35 years they've seen just about everything and how you know athletes conduct themselves and last year it took me a really long time because I you know I was talking about on the podcast last time how I was doing a three-week cycle and going back to week to week cycles it was so hard for me because my body wasn't used to doing that same load again mm-hmm. and being as fatigued as I was leading into every session and you know I was getting really frustrated because Back with Mooney, I was so consistent with my times. Every single day I'd rock up to a session, I'd be like, boom, 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 boom. And, like, I just felt so defeated because I was like, I'm swimming a second slower. You know, I'm not consistent. I'll swim one good session, have two bad sessions. So I was like, what am I doing wrong? And I just couldn't get my head around it. I was like, I'm trying so hard that, like, now I think of it, like, I had to change physios. I had to change all my support staff. Um, and then my body had been doing this three-week cycle since 2018. So it's like a whole different thing to throw my body back into what it was doing as an age group. So I think it's taken me literally an entire year to get used to everything. And now that I'm with Boley and, you know, we've learned from last year and what worked and what didn't work. And I wish we had an extra year to kind and tweak things a little bit more, but we don't. And I, I fully trust what he has done and I like I've swim well off a taper I swim well without a taper so for yeah. <laughs> me it's just a matter of trying to mentally get around I don't have to have a taper to swim well and I, I actually want to go into you know Olympic trials next year under a bit more load and especially in the gym as well because throughout the eight eight days of the racing like my I could just feel my muscle mass just be like Ding. so. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've learned a lot and I keep learning. And I've said before, if you're not, you know, if you're not learning, you're not growing as an athlete.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and as, as I said, I mean, the results speak for themselves. So um, take into consideration with, with what, we, you know, we're talking about here. Obviously, you know, you perform phenomenally well and, and it's just more around, as you said, you just kind of, adapting and and shifting yeah. and and feeling comfortable with with things being a bit different and as you said rightly so you know you were with uh, mooney for so long in that program and the development and you know obviously yeah um now uh, maturing and and you're a different athlete now than you were back then as well physically and mentally and uh, there's a lot of that 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 comes into it um so yeah no absolutely mate now i want to start with the week uh, in Fukuoka, and it didn't go as planned. And rather than ask you the same old questions that everyone's asked you, and no offence to those people who ask, and they're just it's an easy question to ask. I want to take a bit of a different approach. How did you deal with your emotions following the the DQ in the in the two hundred IM semi? Because you know you had a big program ahead of you, relays, yeah. individual events. Um, <laughs> you clearly still smashed it, so you you did you know deal with it well. But we've got a lot a lot of young athletes that listen to this. Program and a lot of them start off, you know, first day they don't get a PB or something, or they don't feel good in the water on day one of a, a state, a week of state. Or, you know, I mentioned to you before we started, you know, maybe they move on the blocks and they get a DQ, and yeah. all of a sudden there's a big kerfuffle. And, you know, rather than letting it derail their week, you obviously found a way, um, you know, maybe in front of the camera, it seemed like it was all rosy and you did a really good job of it. Maybe behind the scenes, you know, you can speak to how you went. But how did you deal with with that? Firstly, that sort of disappointment confronting that. You said you felt really good sort of coming in with your medley. So yeah. there would have been some expectation on it in your mind to go, no, I'm feeling pretty good here. And yeah. then, yeah, dealing with it after that.
1: I think the medley for me has also been like in a, f- a fun event, something that like I haven't just burst out internationally and be like, oh, my God, I'm here. Like, look yeah. at me. I'm good at medley. Like, it's something that I enjoy doing because it is, it's not backstroke and I haven't got the same amount of pressure as I do in the medley that I do the backstroke. So I had a really good heat and the semifinal actually felt really good. And the most frustrating thing for me now looking back at it is like every time you get DQ'd, it's when you're in the water and, you know, we actually sat in the water for a long time. So obviously processing the whole DQ, I had gone, I had done my media on the side of the pool. So it would, it would have been like three, four minutes after. And then as I was walking down to go and swim down, I came up on the board that had been, I'd been decued. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I was like, yeah. trying to think what I had done. Cause like, I didn't think that I had rolled over too far. Like I was like, maybe I went past the 15 on my start. Like I was just so confused and like, nobody else on the Australian team could figure out what I had done wrong. So it was just like a waiting game. I was like, I want to know what I did. Um, so that was like the first frustrating thing is like, just tell me what I did wrong so I don't do it again. Yeah. And, then you know, I had Rowan um, and a few other guys come up to me. And they're like, oh, you've gone over 90 on your back to breast turn. And I was like, really? Um, and like, it wasn't unfortunate. Like I'm sure you guys may have seen the swim swim article with the photos of yeah. So that kind of was the point for me. And that was the day after. So we had testified against the DQ and, you know, gone through that process and they just overruled it and said, no, she's DQ'd. And I felt like I should have been really upset at that point in time, but I was actually like, you know, what? I've got the 100 backstroke tomorrow. Regan's coming in fresh for that. I need to put all the stuff to the side and try and focus on it. And I'd done a really good job of that. I spoke with my psychologist and I was like, what do I do? And he's like, no, just take it as it comes, like deal with the emotion, sit in it for a bit and then put it to bed. Cause he's like, you don't want to waste that energy leaning into the, the entire week that you have. And the swim, swim article came out the next morning. And I was sitting there doing my activation, getting ready to get in for warm up. And I just started bawling my eyes out. Cause I was like, I just felt like I'd been not unfair, but it's like, if you're going to rule me out, how about the other people who are worse off? Mm. Like that really kind of got to me and I was just like that is so unfair and I literally just looked at Rowan with my eyes going I was like this is so unfair and I sent him the article and then he went off again at the officials and just showed him he's like what is this and they they couldn't say anything to him so we fought and it wasn't just me fighting for it you know my whole, the whole Australian team was behind me on it which was really nice and just to feel that support I think fired me up even more I was like no I'm gonna prove to these guys that I'm a better athlete like i know that i've trained hard i'm not going to let something that's disheartened me take away from what the rest of the week could be and i really just turned it in to a positive thing um just a big kind of f you i guess
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) it's really is really what i wanted to do and i got the most satisfaction out of doing that um so yeah i as much as it sucked, it was also a blessing in disguise because the back end of the week was pretty tough with the two back being last.
0: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned something interesting there and uh, with your sports psychologist in, in, yeah. in terms of just getting some feedback and it's something that I think uh, gets overlooked with a lot of young athletes coming through in terms of reaching out, having maybe not just dabbling in a sports psychology. You know, you hear quite often, oh, I went to the sports psychologist how many times? Just once. Oh, okay. So you're, you're good to go yeah. now. So how important is it for you? I mean, I'm not, it's not as if you needed, um, you know, around the clock support, but how important is it to you to be able to, you know, touch base and just say, hey, listen, this is how I'm feeling. You know, what, what's your, I guess, uh, ideas and thought process? Do you do it often? Was it just in this space because you felt like you needed it? Or do you sort of touch base sports psychology wise in, in most big meets just to keep yourself centred?
1: Um, look, Jeff, my psychologist, I've been working with for, again, like five, six, maybe even seven years. Um, So I have a really good relationship with him. And it's to the point where, like, he knows that I will contact him if I need something and he's straight on the phone. And he was just like, Kaylee, you can't let something like this take away from the hard work that you've done. He's like, you're a hardworking athlete. There's no reason why you can't swim in your backstroke just because you got DQ'd doesn't mean that your whole week's right now. And I think just hearing that is so important, whether that comes from a psychologist or coach or a parent, it's just like that people and that support, you know, putting on top of you, it's just like, okay, everyone's got my back. Like they're not doubting my abilities. Mm. Um, but beforehand I spoke to Jeff on like the, I think Saturday before the meet started and then the week before that. So it's like, I kind of pick up speaking to my psychologist, before a major competition or like a trials but throughout the year in like pre-season and stuff it might be once every every month or twice every month kind of thing yeah
0: yeah, no, no, it's good. As I said, it, it's it, I think it's important, again, for the listeners to hear because it's, I think, sometimes something that's undervalued. It's not something we need to do every day or every week. I'm not saying that. But I, I think just yeah. as you sort of said, just touching base and, and keeping your structures and systems in place and feeling confident with that I think is really important. Now, just back onto the medley. I and mean, tell me to mind my own business. <laughs> What, what's it looking like heading into 2024 program-wise? Is this something we're, we're charging ahead with? What are you and Bolly talking about with it? Is it see how things go? Or as I said, is it you know mind your own business, you'll just see next <laughs> year like everybody else?
1: <laughs> I'll give you Bolly's answer. Bolly is we're charging for it and we're going for it. My yep. answer is I'm seeing how I go. Okay. Um, yep. I don't like to put, I don't know, I don't want to put a label on it be like I'm doing it when, you know, I might rock up and I, I won't do it. Um, I've just got to get red, my head around the program because I think there'll be a double up again with I think this time it's the back straight, which is tough, especially towards the back end of a meet or even in the middle of the meet. If it was at the front end, sure, fine. Um, but it is going to be tough as well. And I've also got to sit down and try and figure out what my competitors might be doing if they're going into it fresh or under pressure and that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, it's it's something I think that gets missed a little bit, especially from the outside sort of punters. That um, it's not so much that you know you guys just rock up and jump in your events. There's a lot of events that double up, and what you know, you yeah. we saw even at the World Champs, some would be swimming in a you know a semi, and they'd be back in a final or, or whatever it might be. So you're quite right in terms of just having a look at the program and think, well, oh, hang on a second, let's yeah. let's make and sure this all balances
1: yeah and it's not like it's a 50 or 100 like it's a 200 that you've got to do it. and it's not you know i did it at commonwealth games the two back in the two med and it was painful mm. the two medley surprised me and how well i had swum in it but it's just like it's one thing to do that at a commonwealth games or queensland states but it's a whole nother ball game to get up and do that at the olympics and be confident in yourself to be able to do that
0: yeah well I mean, just from just from a pure fan of yours, I'd love to see you do it in a final at at Olympics, mate. Because uh, I don't think we we're, we're yet to see you, uh, you know, firing in that final in a two hundred IM Just purely because of circumstances, <laughs> some out of your control. So, um, I personally, I'd love to see it. But as you said, there's a lot of things in play. It's not just, um, you know, what people would like to see. Yeah. There's a lot of other stuff now. You 100 back, uh, let's get to that. What a performance that was. You narrowly missed your own world record, I think, by 0.08 or, or something yeah. like that. So, um, mate, massive congratulations. How did that feel after, obviously, what we just we just spoke about? Was that, did you use that? Was it a, a matter of business as usual, execute your race plans, and then maybe after is a little bit of to take your line, F yeah. yeah. Um, you know, not that we're, you know, not that you're saying that on TV again, but... Yeah. Um, to take your life? Was it a bit like that after it, but business as usual to start? Or did you use that as a little bit of fuel going into that final thing? No, no, here we go. We're on. I
1: definitely yeah. used it as fuel. And I think, um, to be honest with you, I was so nervous, like, leading in, like, overwhelmed as well. And I was just like, I felt like I wanted to cry, like, got the handshakes. And, then, like, for me, I understand now that that's my body ready to go. Like, that's at its, it's, at its peak. It's ready to just let go. So I knew if I controlled it in the right way, I'd be able to put together a really good race. Um, I didn't have the best warm up. It's certainly not one of the highlights of my career. And I didn't feel great. I actually felt better at our trials and I, I had some better at our trials, but um, no, I think just being up against Regan and, Having that rivalry there really pushed me, and mm. I know that she goes out hard, and my back end's a bit stronger than hers. So I knew it was going to be a matter of me catching up to her. And she's so good on the on the waters as well. Like, so I knew exactly how she raced it and how I raced it, and I really had to try and bring back the gap that she put on me in that first
0: fifty. I want to. I'll come back to the race in a second, but I want to go to that warmer. What What was it feeling good? Because again, you know, selfishly, I, I like to don't sort of double down on these things because I know a lot of people that are listening will resonate with that and go oh yeah that's sometimes I don't feel great in a warm-up so what wasn't feeling great was it just were you you hitting the paces or the times you needed to be hitting did you just the feel for the water was not there what what wasn't getting you going? I do
1: like in my pace I often have three ones freestyle on 130 and I have a certain time that I like to be around and I was like a second and a bit off and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. Um, and then like just hypoxically as well, like I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could stay in the water as long as I usually did. So like I was just like probably overthinking it, but at the same time, like like I said, you don't have to feel good to swim good. So I also had that in the back of my mind. I was like, I just need to put myself in the best position and, um, but when I am feeling good, it feels like I'm light as a feather in the water, and it like you don't hurt as much as well. Like when I swam that Turner backstroke at the start of the year at New South Wales, like that felt great. My warm up felt great, and it doesn't happen often. So it's not like every time I get in for warm up, I'm going to feel amazing, or that's how it has been in the past. No, it's just a matter of like there's one or two times you're like, oh my god, like I feel unreal, and then you go to swim again in the warm up and you're like, okay, I don't feel <laughs> what have I done wrong. But um, no, it's just like a matter of finding something that you did do well. Like I was holding really good stroke rate and it wasn't dropping away in in my pace fifties backstroke. So that, that was my positive leading into the race.
0: Yeah, by the sounds of it, you've got a good handle on it at the moment that even if it doesn't feel good, you've been through enough experiences to know that it doesn't need to always for you to go out and execute and perform. You're pretty confident in that. Um, Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. DMC Fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck and there's a pair of DMC Fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC Fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC Fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids. And use the promotion code OFFTHEBLOCKS for a 10% discount. At checkout. All right. Now, another question, mate. There's a lot of talk around rivalries lately, and I won't steer down that path because, uh, again, I, I think that's been covered. But there's no doubt that strong, healthy competition drives us to be better, to be faster. And, you know, as I said, um, you know, we only have to go back to sort of when I was coming up as a swimming fan with – you know, so many of the Australian trials finals looking like a world championships or an Olympic final with so many of the talent in there driving each other to be better, whether it was Jodie Henry and Libby Trickett and Alice Mills or, you know, um, Patria Thomas, Susie O'Neill. Anyway – Hackett and Thorpe, Thorpe and Hackett. Everyone was driving each other and all of a sudden you just saw so many world um, records being broken in trials and things like that. And I see a lot of correlations between that and and your events at the moment, especially in the women's backstroke with, you know, phenomenally talented swimmers like Regan Smith, like uh, a Catherine Burkhoff or a Kylie Massey and many more coming through as well. How important is it to you with your improvements, When I mean, you're the world record holder and you're going to want to improve that um, line and raise that bar again, but how important is it with those girls around you that they're they're pushing their bar higher as well, which has got yeah. you on your toes. Um, it must be exciting, but also, as I said, it's it's important. I think, isn't it?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Back in 2019, when Regan went two oh three and fifty seven, I kind of sat there and I was like, "Holy cow! There is no way in the world that anybody's going to be anywhere near her." But I had obviously my old coach, Mooney, he was like, no, what are you talking about? Like you have the potential to be as good as her, if not, you know, kip her in some of the events. And I think just he pushed me and kept me really accountable throughout everything that I did and gave me the confidence to believe that I could, you know, break that 100 backstroke world record. And I think, you know, without her having done that, I wouldn't have swum or be swimming as fast as I still am um the difference is now it's like obviously I was hunting her and I was chasing her down she had the red target on her back and now I've got that huge red target on my back and I know all those girls are going to do everything that they can to beat me and beat my times and now I've got to reinvent myself well not reinvent myself but just sit back and say what can I really do like those one percenters that are going to get me above those girls again
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the question, I guess, you've got to ask yourself, which is a question I always am fascinated to ask because I just don't think I'm that way inclined. Is how do you climb Mount Everest, come back down, and look up and go, "Yeah, I might go up again." Hey, let's let's just go, let's just <laughs> climb that mountain again. Because essentially, you know, you're the Olympic champion, the world champion. The, you are the bee's knees of, of women's backstroke at the moment. So. Yeah, I get I guess what you're saying is, yeah, that's your challenge is looking back up that mountain and going, All right, yeah, here we go. Because there's going to be the the others, and I don't want to ski, but the others are hungrier, I guess, now. Yeah. Because you know, you've you've been there and you've held that mantle f- for for a few years now. Um well, I, I Is that scary? Is that daunting or is that exciting to you?
1: No, it's a hundred percent daunting and scary. Like and it adds that extra pressure as well. It's like, I just wanna be able to swim, be Kaylee McEwen without having the expectation from everybody else around me. yeah, And I think it's really important now that I've like sat in my own skin. I'm like, I'm okay with this extra pressure from the outside because I know within myself, I am swimming for me. And I don't know. I just think as long as I can do that throughout my career, I'll always be happy. I led into the world championships, just wanting to do every single one of my events through the heats, the semis and the finals, not once did I, sit there and I say I want a medal I want a podium I want to be gold I want to get a world record like I don't ever put that expectation on myself so when you come off the back of a meet like world championships and you look up the mountain you're like holy crap it's yeah. daunting but I I love and I thrive challenges like I hate it every day <laughs>
0: yeah. but
1: it's the satisfaction that you get when you've you've reached that goal that's makes everything worthwhile i'm not going to tell you what i'm going to do to get to that point because that's between Boley and i obviously and i don't want to give it out to the yeah, world yeah. but i think it you could just look at my race and see where i need to improve and that speaks for itself in terms of what i need to do better
0: yeah and i guess in terms of for the listeners out there and um, you know, I don't know your plans or anyone's plans, but you know, when you look up that mountain, then I guess the backstory of that is now you got to break it all down. It's not just, yeah. all right, we're going up the mountain. What? I want to go up the mountain. Yeah. We're going to break it down piece by piece. And this is how we get to that point. And no, I got you, mate. Um, the 50 backstroke, mate, you got your hand on the wall first. Very close finish, but you, you got oh, yeah. on there. um Did that one come as a surprise to you? And I, I mean, I only ask that because, you know, I watch a lot of the post race interviews and that one, you kind of had a, you looked a little bit more like, I mean, you're sure, I'm sure you knew you were, you were capable of doing it. But yeah. Did you go into that? I, I guess, what were your expectations going into that? Cause yeah, the post race, <laughs> it looked like you are kind of like, shit, I just, I did, I did it. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Honestly, like it was the most relaxed race of my world championships, even like the heats and the semis. So I was like, nah, it's a 50. And I think like, like you said, there was no expectation I'd, did not think that I'd even be at a podium in that event. I never have. I've always been like tied fourth or fifth. Um, it didn't even make the 50 final at World Short Course here in December. So I was like, whatever, like yeah. I'm here, this is kind of fun. Um, and to be honest, my favorite thing is like getting the little um, banners that we walk out with, like the occult thing, it has your name and getting the satisfaction of like putting that on the wall with everybody else from Australia, like we always stick it somewhere. I was more excited to do that than swim my 50-metre race. <laughs> so I was just like so chilled. But, no, I when I touched the wall and I saw number one, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It yeah. was a little PV as well. So, no, it was, it was super nice feeling.
0: Yeah, and I, I guess, you know, to your point, with that relaxed nature comes um, that sort of – free spirit, I I guess, to just go out and, and, you know, not be so tense and sort of anxious and stressed about it. You're a bit more relaxed. Um, An event that I I guess, again, going with these post-race interviews an event that you didn't look as relaxed or as excited about was the 200 backstroke. So I, if I remember correctly, the the guy sort of mentioned to you, Tom, I think his name was, yeah. he, did a good, he did a good job because I, I do believe he was sort of thrown into that gig. <laughs> I don't think he was prepped for it. I think it was just a, hey, Tom, you're over there. Do you want to just talk to the swimmers after the race? So um, I know he's a uh, journalist and I think he does the newspaper, uh, writes the yeah. newspapers yeah. and stuff, but I, I can't remember him ever doing after. So he did a good job. So no, well done to, to Tom. But I think in this interview he sort of said, you know, you must be looking forward to the 200 backstroke. And you were kind of like, yeah, let's just see how that goes and where my sort of fitness is at and it'll be interesting. Now, I guess my question is, was that you just kind of, again, throwing off that sort of pressure just to say, look, I'm just going to see where I'm at and we're going to have a, have a hit out and see. Um, yeah. Or, you know, were you genuinely a bit like, oh, I don't know if I'm feeling that. We'll just see how this goes. But what was your vibe? I mean, what made you sort of say that in terms of that response?
1: Both for the pressure and second of all, like I was a little bit worried. Um, like I said, the turn of backstrokes always on day six, I think. And by that point, you're just like, I just want to have, I just, I hadn't had a morning off. I just wanted to like sleep in, mosey around, like just have one day where I didn't have to go into the pool for even a light swim. So no, I, after the 50, I was like a little bit worried in the sense of my speed was really good. Like I had a good hundred, I had a good 50 and I didn't know if that meant my 200 was going to be on either. So I was a little bit concerned. I was like, oh, will I be able to hold that speed through for a 200, and I wasn't wrong. The 200 hurt me a lot. I don't know if you saw that post-race interview, but oh, my legs, like, you know, when you get out of the pool and they get like all the shakes, I was like, I just want to swim down. And they're like trying to make me talk. I was like, I just need a minute. please. <laughs> and like, it made me feel so much better because there's a photo of the Turner backstroke and all of the girls are just like on the lane road, like dead to the world. <laughs> um, and I had a really good conversation with Regan after it as well. I was like, did that really hurt you? And she was like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Thank God it wasn't just me. Um, but, no, like I think regardless, the 200-back streak is always going to be like a love-hate um, just because it's an extra 100 metres on top of a 100-back. Um, it's that extra little bit of pain. The race is longer.
0: You know, it's sort just- of underrated isn't it especially from a spectator like if you ask the average part like if I asked my dad for example who's got no idea about swimming God <laughs> likely, um if I asked him oh like do you think the 200 backstrokes hard he'd probably go well how hard can it be you're on your back you just swing you <laughs> but as we know it's one of the more painful especially at the end through uh, through Other the legs. legs it's one of the more painful events. <laughs> Like, if it was
1: up to me, I would do no underwaters just to save my legs for that last 75 meters of a toner backstroke. It, like, the burn is just something else. And, like, I've done a toner free and, like, I haven't done a toner five, but I've done a toner breaststroke. And, you know, I'd say a toner breaststroke is more of like a technique kind of burn, like, you lose the feel where the backstroke, your legs just feel like lead, like, bye bye, I don't <laughs> need you anymore, um, kind of thing. And it's like, sometimes I honestly feel like if I chop my legs off, I might be faster in the last <laughs> five minutes, just because they're dragging behind. They feel so heavy. But um, at the same time, that's kind of a nice feeling because you touch the wall and you know that you've given it everything.
0: Yeah, well, you know, you obviously you did a phenomenal job and you won that race. You build it nicely. Um, I've always been – and you, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it just then in terms of skills because I've, I've, I've been a big admirer of your skills and, and I think you've improved them and progressed them over yeah. – over time which is is really good to see so i'm i'm interested in terms for the listeners how important are the skills in your training in terms of under fatigue in race pace type stuff if it's uh, with it just your underwaters or your turns or your starts because obviously we saw um at the world champs depending on what event you're watching a lot of the times skills were just the killer of the event in terms yeah. of you know you watch molly come off the turn if you try to or, say that yeah, yeah if you watch leon Marchon on on his last turn and the 400 im which how you do that i still don't understand but he went 15 and he was pulling away from the world record line um even with sam short and hafnui you know sam was i think faster in in and around the the laps but hafnui was always good on his turns yeah. and would come out just ahead So for you, how important are the skills? How important is it to keep trying to progress and get stronger and get faster, especially when we're watching, as I said, this trend of skills are paying off more than, you know, just between the flags? And then in training, how much do you do sort of under fatigue and still getting it right?
1: I get towed up by the girls in the backstroke off the underwaters. Molly, just domestically, it annoys me so much because even at short course, like, I would have to work so hard to catch her and then she'd be off again on the walls. I'm like trying so hard. Um, It's something that I've never been good at. Just like holding my breath. I just can't for some reason. And I don't know, even Regan just absolutely dominated off the walls. Um, And my biggest turning point was prior to Olympics, when he and I sat down, he's like, you need to be 12 kicks off the wall and that's what's going to help you get to this time. And and that's exactly what we trained for. That's how I executed my race and it worked. So that was a real eye-opener to me being like, okay, I need to actually believe that the underwater is faster than my swim speed, even though it hurts 10 times more. Um, and that's something that I've really progressed in with my 200 as well. Um, just focusing on the in-out speed of my turns has dropped time dramatically. And that doesn't come just because I did that in the race. Like that's something that I really trained hard for. And it is hard when you're under the water. You're like, I can just pop up and breathe. I don't have to be down here. (laughs) Um, And you can see it. You're like, I'm so close to the surface, but I still have to be down here. Um, And, like, it's so hard and it's something that I still really struggle with and want to get better at because I don't want to finish my career and be like, oh, I could have done that better. I could have done this better. I want to make sure that I have tried to do everything as best to my ability.
0: Well, yeah. as I said you you're dominating backstroke women's backstroke at the moment so obviously what you're doing is is working but to your point um, you know the bar has got to keep being raised yeah. and you are that bar at the moment so that means you've got to keep sort of trying to to push your limits so um, I'm excited to to see over the next 11 months um, what you and Bowley come up with and those secret plans that we we're not yeah. privy to Um Next question is about relays, mate. How much do you love being a part of the relays for Australia? You came away with two silver medals in the women's and the mixed medley. Um, yes. Some pretty fast racing in there, especially when you're having to race some of the boys in the in the lead up of the mix. Um, how, how fun is it? How much do you enjoy it? You mentioned there, you know, you before you sort of someone who enjoys being around the team and uh, you sort of missing sometimes You don't like being isolated. So is it? fun for you when you get to be around the team and, and everyone's putting their their efforts in together?
1: Yeah, The mixed medley is always so fun because, like, apart from the, that race, I don't really get to mingle with the guys a lot. Um, for me, it sucks because every other country decides to use a male backstroker. So, like, I was just stuck. And I, I couldn't even see the guys, but I popped the wash so bad on the way home in that last 50. Like, I was just getting thrown around. Like, I could feel it in the water and is like, I could see it. Um But like, it's still a part of the team and it's always so exciting being the first one out of the pool because you get to watch, you know, the race unfold. And for me, I do not actually get to sit in the stands and watch the swimming because my main events is towards the end of the meet. So that's my chance to actually watch live swimming in the flesh. And it's cool because I'm on pool deck and I'm cheering for my own country, you know. Um, And the last day with the girls in the medley again, it's just like, okay, this is my last ditch effort. Let's try and finish it off on a high. And I think just, like, everyone's in that same position. Like, we're all – the pressure's off. We're all just, like, let's have fun. We just want to have fun. And it's just a different dynamic altogether.
0: Yeah, well, you can always see that. And I guess, uh, you know, it helps when you're being successful and you're doing well, but um, you can definitely see that from the vibe on pool deck. I'm interested, was there any talk in the women's relay around – possible changes I mean you mentioned you were a little bit injured with when it comes to breaststroke so maybe that sort of took this out of play and no disrespect to, to Abby because I thought she did a phenomenal job yeah. and and she more than held her own it's not as if she needed to be replaced but um you know going in I think you're the fastest women's breaststroker in our country if I'm not mistaken I think 106 you are the fastest uh in terms of time so was there ever and and you already mentioned in terms of molly she can backstroke pretty quick as well was there ever any mention of of changing things around or was it the team is what it is Um, and away you go
1: there was definitely nothing um that was said seriously it was always like jokingly like oh kaylee get up and do it like a, a changeover and i was like no like i did one but that was purely for the fact, you know, if Abby was injured, I was the backup for that event. Yeah. Um, and, I like, I had no issues with that. And I, I'm i a strong believer that if a breaststroker is selected to swim breaststroke, we as a nation should have full belief in her and her capability to get up and swim well. And she did that. She did that. She had yeah. a phenomenal um, world. So I had no doubt in, in my belief for her. And yeah there was nothing that was like okay oh, you might be doing that no, no, <laughs> yeah. there was none of that like people can say that but it, it was not a thing
0: yeah no and I think to your point um anytime the the girls have jumped up, um, I think Chelsea was Chelsea did it yeah. in, at the Olympics. Olympics um and and she swam out of her skin so to your point uh, you know I think anytime uh, the the girl breaststrokers, of whether it's Abby, whether it's Jenna whether it's um Chelsea um they've they've always done a phenomenal job and almost swam way better than even their PB so they always step up for the team and do a phenomenal job I was just chucking it out there because I know there was a bit of talk around at the time (laughs) everyone was
1: talking about it and I was like (laughs) no it's not true I'm doing backstroke um I would have liked to just like spin off I don't know just be different have some fun oh backstroke is doing brush um but definitely
0: not at a world championships. <laughs> no, no, no. You're right, mate. Um, obviously, the Aussies as a whole smashed it, topped the medal count, uh, the gold medal count. Let's let's not, get, <laughs> not go down that track. Uh, the girls in particular, I thought, I mean, the boys did a great job, don't get me wrong, but I thought the girls in particular yeah, performed incredibly. How, how proud of you? You've been in and around the team for a while now. I'm not saying you're getting old, mate, but you've been in and around the team for a while now. How proud are you to be a part of a team that, you know, is not just, um, you know, performing well, but, you yeah. know, obviously great role models as well behind the scenes?
1: I think as soon as day one was done, we had Sam and, like, the girls in the 400. After that, we were like, Australia is on. And, like, just the whole vibe of the team, like, we all wanted so badly to just contribute, whether that was, you know, doing a PB or getting a medal or making a final. Like, we all just wanted to put our best foot forward forward and, like, not that that hasn't happened in the past, but it was very noticeable, especially for me, like, having seen a few other teams. And, like, for me personally, for my 50 backstroke semifinal, Molly was racing her 200 freestyle, and I saw her come off the wall in the last 50. I was like, she is going to win. And, like, I just balled my eyes out when she got the world record because I was like, but that kind of, I don't know, that feeling of being happy for your teammates is what's also underlying on the Australian team and I think that's so important and also like the freestyle girls they're so competitive and like basically our women's 20 freestyle at trials could have been good enough to be an, you know not an Olympic final world championships final so it just goes to show how competitive it is and that really brings the best out of all of us athletes
0: yeah i mean you're not wrong in terms of especially with the women's free i mm. i think i mentioned the other day you could almost make a women's b team and they would almost podium as well in the hunt in the four yes. by 100 free Crazy. just with how fast uh, everyone's going and you're 100 percent right with molly I, I don't know if you heard that stat that her last 50 was faster than Um, David Popovich's last 50 and his 200 as well. No, sorry to David, but sorry to keep bringing it up. (laughs) It's not more a slide on him. It's just more incredible of how fast she was swimming. Um, Yeah, yeah, it would have been enough to get anyone excited. Now, uh, what does the road to Paris look like for you without, I guess, giving too much away? We've got world champs again next year, which is crazy to me that there's another. So, you know, obviously there's going to be games around that. Some people are going to go, some people aren't. Um, what what does that road look like, or are you still just in the in the mode at the moment of just sort of taking it as it comes? And you'll sit down in the next you know month or so and really yeah. put together your plan.
1: For me, I'm like I really struggle doing the same thing constantly, so I'm taking a different approach. Like in the preseason, more like you know whether it's gym or cardio and that kind of thing. Putting not swimming second, but you know just putting emphasis on the other things first and. Um, for me, I'm doing World Cups, um, having a bit of break. Don't think I'll do Queensland States and just kind of use that as like a little pit stop before getting up and getting loaded for my preparation for the Olympics. I won't be going to World Championships unless something changes. Yeah. I, but As of now, it's a sturdy no. Um, and then, yeah, Olympic trials and hopefully get myself onto the Olympic team again and see what I can do there.
0: Yeah, well... Mate, as I said, it's an exciting next sort of eleven months. There's a lot of stuff going on. As it's, I'm still, it's still weird to me that there's a world champs just yeah, around the I, corner. Which,
1: it's silly, but it's <laughs> what it is, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's an opportunity for for other athletes and a, a lot 100%. of those junior Australian swimmers coming through that are going to junior worlds. Um, I think next week, junior worlds is on. Yeah. Next, so, um, but it's an opportunity for for them as well. It's an opportunity for any athletes maybe that are you know uh just getting back into yeah. it or needing different stuff so it's an opportunity somewhere but obviously for, for you guys who have been through the ringer and you know looking up that mountain again it's probably something that probably isn't 100 percent necessary yeah
1: and not risking getting sick and stuff as well you know but the travel and all the rest of it
0: no, absolutely. All right. Well, what else you got on today, mate? We're about to wrap it up. What What's on your agenda for oh, the rest of the day? a
1: few other Zoom meetings.
0: Lucky me. Oh, look, see, I told you, that's what happens, mate. You win a few golds and everyone wants to talk to you. <laughs> um. No, it's exciting, mate. I'm, you know, I, get, I will wrap it up here anyway. And I want to thank you for coming on for a chat because um, as I said, you obviously are getting very busy at the moment. I'm always really, pardon me humbled that you guys still take that time to jump on and have a chat um i I think it's yeah well no you you say of course but some people don't you know some people that no one ever says no but sometimes you just get left on red and you think oh all right we'll see how this goes um (laughs) but you've always been someone who um has stayed i guess true to yourself and humble and and always happy to come on for a chat and I definitely appreciate it. Um, Massive congrats to all your success uh, and the team, obviously, around you um, at the World Champs. Thoroughly deserved. Uh, Can't wait to see what happens over the next 11 months and what that's got in store for you. Uh, And thanks again for coming on. I think it's the third time on Off The Block Swimming Podcast, mate. Thank you.
1: And thank you for
0: having me on. You're welcome. (laughs) Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you, as always, by Pro Swim Workouts. Nico and the team at Pro Swim Workouts have been supporters of the podcast from day one and continue to support the show and the coaching community more broadly with their platform, proswimworkouts.com. Head over to the website right now and become a member to receive all the exclusive content, whether it's programming, in and out of the water, thought-provoking articles, or even just sharing of ideas. It is a one-stop shop. And for all those just looking to browse, head over to proswimworkouts.com to find free workouts, podcast tips, jobs available, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? I'll say it one more time. Head over to proswimworkouts.com right now. And let Nico know that Off The Block sent you.